Hello, and welcome to episode 187 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with John Jack, creator of When You're Hunted, You Run on Kickstarter Now. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. John, thanks so much for for joining us. Uh, When we start out here, how about if you could give us a uh, brief bio about yourself and then the elevator pitch for When You Run, I'm sorry, When You're Hunted, You Run. Hey, um, so I'm John Jack. I'm a Seattle-based uh, comic artist, writer, and painter. Um, and I, yeah, I guess that's all you need to know about me. <laughs> awesome. And, and and the elevator pitch for this book? Well, it's um, when you're, the book's called When You're Hunted, You Run, and that explains it pretty well. It's just basically a book of vignettes, um, interconnected vignettes of people running from various you know the first issue is assassins and then there's law enforcement and whatnot <laughs> that was a terrible elevator pitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, no 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 worries so um looking at the kickstarter page it says that it's a four issue series mm-hmm. and um it looks like for each um series there's going to be a different person that's that's being chased um is, is that correct yeah, um, so as I said, there's four interconnected vignettes all kind of taking place within an overarching story that all connect, but it's four different main characters in each issue, and um, yeah, like not everybody's going to survive. I wanted to make sure and be able to keep everybody guessing and not have like a strong central character where you're like, well, he's going to be fine in issue three. He's going to get out of this, so you don't know. Like, um, yeah, just to kind of keep it so you don't know what's going to happen. Nice. So um, did you have this, the sort of the, the concept of, of people being chased or did you have uh, any characters first, which, which came first and sort of the story idea? This is actually one of those odd instances where you come up with a title. Like I think I might've been just in bed or something and came up with the title and then constructed a story to fit the title. Um, it was just, I like long titles. <laughs> nice yeah but it's with the the sort of the phrasing of the title uh you know that you said that popped to your mind it's sort of like the idea that captured you Mm. um so from there you had the title what 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 came next sort of uh plot lines or any sort of people that you wanted to have in the story well the first issue so it was like what do you do when you're hunted you run was originally the title and then i shortened that to when you're hunted you run to make it just a little bit tighter and then I initially I thought, um, I can't remember who told me, but a writer, it might have been Christopher Sabella, told me that um, good stories that are, um, are when ordinary people are struck, struck, um, put into extraordinary situations and react in ordinary ways. Um, so what I did was, or what I was thinking um, was an average man wakes up one morning and he's being hunted by assassins and he doesn't know why. So, you know, just how would you react? First thing he does, he runs for it, he runs the police, police, you know, like, um, but as the issues that are teased so far on the Kickstarter page, you can see that going to the police station doesn't work. The police are in on it. Um, uh, Just, um, yeah. (laughs) 
Nice. So you handle a lot of the uh, the chores here on this book. Uh, do you want to go through all the different aspects of the the book that you that you work on here? Sure. Um, so originally I was going to do everything, but coloring is um, just really slow for me. I'm a very slow colorist, so I brought on someone else. But otherwise, I am writing, penciling, inking, and lettering the comic, as well as painting one of the covers. Have you, um, so is this your first foray into comics? Have you done comics before this? Um, I've, I've done quite a few shorts, um, some fully painted, uh, I did a fully painted four page story with Jed McPherson back in November. I did an eight page crime, uh, crime story before that. This is probably my first like long form arc, but I've drawn like, one shot here, one shot there. I'm actually in the middle of drawing a one shot for Jed McPherson, but he, he kindly let me take on when you're hunted. I was like, I got this idea and I'm just trying to get it going. And he was like, okay, we can put this on pause for right now. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you use to paint your, uh, paint your uh, paintings? Um, well, I primarily for sequentials use gouache, but sometimes I use watercolor as well. Um, watercolor, I've been getting more back into watercolor recently, but gouache is just a little more stable. Um, yeah, I've been trying to get into gouache. I, I need to do that. I've been doing watercolors the past year or so. What what, what brand do you use for watercolor? Um, oh, God, I don't know. They're the cheap ones at the art store. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Like a twenty dollar like paint set. I've been using for a year. Hey, if it works, it works. It doesn't, you know. It doesn't. It's you got to be. The nice thing about being an artist is, is that you can use whatever you need to use in order for it to to work. Nice thing about comics then is that you know you don't necessarily need it to work a long time unless you really want to sell these paintings as like actual paintings. But mm -hmm. if you're just selling them so that you can, if you're just making them so you can scan them. And then print them as comics you know why invest in something more expensive unless that you get the the desired effect that you need from another brand of watercolors so mm -hmm. but if you're getting the effect you need for this comic then yeah use it because comics is a very uh disposable medium you mm -hmm. know oh gotta have shelves and shelves of pages yeah. probably never never look at again <laughs> do you draw at print at, at print size or do you draw like full size 11 by 17 for your pages um, 11 by 17. I'm trying to find a page I've shown. <laughs> Very when nice. You're hunted, when you're hunted, you run page nine. <laughs> so do you do like a, um, do you do everything like after you like, so like you pencil and then like you do like rough inks and then do you do like all the dark blacks with watercolors or do you do like the thick, like dark black areas with inks as well? Well, um, when you're hunted, you run, I am just inking. I'm not coloring. So that one I'm just doing, um, I just have a black Copic marker for fills. And then I'm primarily using a uh, zebra brush pen for most of the line work, the extra fine, and then a, a heavy one for fatter lines. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. are you inking over the, the direct pencils or are you printing out, um, you know, so you're direct, you're, you're going right over the pencils. Yeah, I go, I just pencil on the page and then straight over that with inks. I don't light box or anything, which nothing against it. I just, it's just the way I always, I do pretty, pretty tight pencils. I don't, um, I don't work super well with the really loose pencils. I start losing features and stuff. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
off of this like how yeah how tight are your pencils before you ink are you sort of someone who's a little rough like in the forms and then sort of does all the work in inks um no i i generally am pretty super just i put the whole page down on the pencils and then draw it again in the inks and i just basically leave out the shading and stuff like that and the shading i do freehand although trees and yeah. stuff i tend to do freehand because they're a little bit more you know abstract and no one can tell you that tree doesn't look like that, but you can say that building doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched an artist a long time ago, and he he was like a Marvel artist who does uh, traditional art still. And he talked about that, about how when you're drawing nature scenes, and if you're good enough to where like, you know, you know how to do, you know what you want on the page, it's sort of good to do trees and leaves and mountains and things freehand with the inks, because that makes it look a little less stiff and mm. a little more natural so you kind of like the imperfection that comes with that versus of course when you're rendering figures and stuff it's really good to pencil those out and like you said buildings where everybody's like yeah you can kind of tell this guy freehanded that yeah um, yeah but like it doesn't is, look yeah. quite right or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly like it's always a big thing right there and i was noticing that page that you showed us so i guess for the listeners was a nice like interior car um mm -hmm. scene and that's like, that's where it's sort of good to pencil all that stuff out. So because like, uh, unless you're going for something really expressive and um, I guess uh, suggestive with your forms and things like, you know, you're trying to be really artsy in that way. It's really good to pencil all that out. Um, but like, it's, it, it's, did you, did I see like you were doing like the grays, like grayscale? No, I, I just did straight black and white. On straight black and white. Yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah i could uh yeah i don't want to interrupt you matt but i got i could i keep asking about our questions before we get into writing stuff uh, um, keep going keep going yeah so the um are you doing it on like watercolor paper or do you use bristol oh that's uh 500 series straight more uh vellum bristol nice <laughs> yeah i guess i still use 400 series so yeah I I think I need to start investing in 500. Do you order off of like Dick Blick or something like that? Or what? Oh, there's a Blick like eight blocks from here. <laughs> oh, nice. Where do you, where do you live? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, I live on Capitol Hill in Seattle. There's a, oh, nice. there's, there's a Blick on Broadway, on Pine and Broadway. I live on um, Loretta right off Olive, which is about six, six or seven blocks from Blick. I, I've never been to the Pacific Northwest, but I've heard that it's a great like artistic area like seattle portland all that area yeah. uh, do you enjoy do you, do you feel sort of like that i mean like obviously right now we're in the middle of a pandemic but when we're not is that sort of a great area to be in as far as creatives go yeah no it's really um like uh, i i don't run into a ton of people but like um miles greb who did after the gold rush and um clovis i run into at the comic book shop a lot um Tim Sale lives around here somewhere. I'd always wish I'd run into him. Nice. <laughs> I never I, did. I, I'm, I'm very weird, and maybe I just have a really good, like, a face-associative thing, but have you ever been to any cons out east before, like I Heroes? Have not. No? Okay. No, you I've never been west so of Montana, or east of Montana. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you look very familiar, so I was like, have I, have I run into this guy at a convention before? I couldn't, yeah. Um, you should come out here, though, for some time. Like, do a... Um, small press expo or heroes or something like that i think you'd really dig it that'd be cool yeah i live like 
five blocks from where they do ECC. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Matt, Matt and I have talked about doing ECC one of these years. I've always wanted to go. One of my biggest like regrets in life is that about four years ago, I went to game developers convention with a bunch of guys mm-hmm. who, were, who told me that they wanted to use my work for like a tie-in comic on their video game. Oh, okay. I basically went out there to San Francisco to go to the game developers convention at the same time that Emerald was going on. Mm-hmm. And I paid about as much for, I paid more, like probably about twice as much as I would have for a three day pass at game developers convention as I would have at, at Emerald. And I paid more to go to San Francisco and more for the hotel there than I would have had at, at Seattle. And then oh. I got there and the guys told me that they were shelving all my work. So they basically, oh my goodness. it was the worst. And at the same time, I was looking at all the photos from Emerald and I was like, never again. Am I missing out? <laughs> for this? Um, yeah, because I was like, I could have paid a lot less and had a way better experience <laughs> if I had just gone to Emerald. So Absolutely. someday we'll, we'll see you out at Emerald someday. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to turn it to, to the writing section of it. Um, you, you know, you, you told us how you had the idea title, and then you had some ideas to sort of put ordinary people and extraordinary sort of uh, events. Um, but you also handled the art chores. So do you write yourself a full script or are you writing yourself like beat sheets and you're like, oh, you know, this page, I need to get them to the police station And then they're sort of working it out on the page. Like how detailed is the script? Since, you know, a lot of people think of the the script as uh, a letter, you know, Mm -hmm. written from the artist. I'm I'm sorry, written from the artist. um, uh, I'll get this right. The the writer writing it for the artist to sort of explain, you know, what they're doing. It's just sort of a communications method from them. But you're you're handling all of that. So so how much do you do as, as the writer? I do... I generally write a pretty rough outline of a sentence or two a page, and that's mostly to make sure I hit the page count right. And then as I'm going, I might annotate those two sentences and maybe might have like a paragraph, a paragraph and a half per page by the end. And then once the page is drawn, then I actually script it for dialogue and stuff like that after it's fully drawn inked and if I'm painting or coloring it painted or colored um it's a little bit of a different process so you marvel method yourself yeah all in (laughs) one all in one (laughs) yeah and and you're not able to uh complain about the the writer putting too many panels in or putting or putting in things that you don't want to you don't want to draw like why do you put so many horses in this story i hate drawing horses i actually like drawing horses i, hey. I did one with, i did one with no reference but, you know what right here um did that one with no reference the other day well, that's nice nice is that hey. for is that for uh this series or just something else in general um that was a page uh, I pitched a short to someone over the weekend. Didn't get picked up, but <laughs> now I have a page. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's yeah. awesome. So well, I'm going to go back even farther. Unless, Matt, you have more questions about writing, I guess. Um, no, no, no. Go ahead, Noah. So I guess like um, uh, while I'm looking at you, I'm looking at the background of your artwork right there. And I, I see a, 
like to your right is that like a batman like a miniature batman right there or what is oh, that? oh that's right? actually man bat by man bat. Uh, kelly by kelly williams nice and then i love that there's a speed racer thing right above you um right yeah that that one was drawn by uh, that's and the awesome Hellboy, the hellboy was me and the silver oh, surfer yeah. and the man bat are both kelly williams i was trying not to crowd it with too much of my own artwork <laughs> Yeah, I wish I, I really envy people who are able to hang up their own artwork in their houses. Like I get like, like <laughs> I get too, I got down too many rabbit holes of looking at my stuff and just like, no, like I just like, I just like, eventually I just take it down. Like I had, um, I have a friend who like, like puts his like artwork on his like lock screen on his iPhone and stuff like that. And mm. I'm just like, so I was like, maybe I can try doing that. And maybe I'll, I'll help build up my self-esteem. So there was a page in the last comic I did and the colorist did like a really good job with the colors. And Matt knows which one I'm talking about. Like the Alfred did that like awesome pterodactyl fight scene. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was like, I loved how the colors were. So I had that as my like home screen for like two days. And then I was like, no, nope, I hate it. That kind of thing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, even with like the colorist work, I was like, nope, I'm done. Like I hate it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I love that speed racer drawing behind you. So do you have a lot of influences as far as comic book characters and comics and like media goes? Um, well, I definitely, um, I definitely admire Sean Phillips's work a lot and his like, it's like he has like a realism, but it's like almost like an indistinct realism that is just, it's, it's always just gorgeous and it's so great. Um, I can't quite get the indistinct part, but I, I try to go for like, that kind of gritty realistic look but then also like heavy shading like mignola or gene colon gene colon's another one who does a lot of uh like the kind of realistic if a little distorted or like a uh, gil kane i like gil kane a lot who does he was always doing those weird angles and someone told me it's because he was just showing up <laughs> and that always made me smile but i did a uh i did a the the one shot I'm painting for Jed McPherson, I did a two people diving away from the camera shot and someone was like, holy crap, why did you choose that angle? And I said, don't worry, I'm filling it in. I'm not freaking Gil Kane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <The silhouette. laughs> yeah, I, um, I was just sort of like contrasting a couple of pages with a friend the other day where I was like, I had like um, Lone Wolf and Cub, like the original Lone mm -hmm. Wolf and Cub manga out there. And those are so cinematic, like they don't really do the Marvel method too much with like the low angles, like the really extreme stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it looks still so freaking dynamic. And Sean Phillips is that way too. Like he doesn't really follow the Marvel method too much. Like he's still very like stark contrast. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this is a camera. Like we're going to do this like how you would film like your, your, your film noir basically. Oh. Um, but then like I picked up like a Lee Weeks cover um, for just like a like not even like a main like Batman or Superman it was like a Green Hornet cover and it was like so freaking dynamic it was like a high angle like all the characters were in like these most dynamic poses ever and he just makes it look flawless like he makes it look as easy as like the sort of the, the the basic composition not basic you know in the like lazy sense but like you know the the more realistic composition of Sean Phillips it's just like there's no rules right it's just mm -hmm. you know you got to find what works for you and what best fits the story you're trying to tell yeah brian hitch actually told me last year doesn't really matter what you do as long as you're happy with the result and you're not feeling yeah. anything <laughs> yeah well yeah. that was well, um, 
Have you read like anything like I haven't, but I've heard this about like Brian Michael Bendis. He used to draw his first comics and everybody says oh. that they're pretty great. Mm. Not because his art's like anything really to write home about, but just because it was, it fit the story he was trying to tell. You know? Totally. And I think writer artists, um, I, I didn't necessarily set out to be a writer artist. It's just, I worked with some really like, hard to work with writers and uh got ghosted a couple times and that made me start going I'm just gonna draw my own stuff and uh I actually well I mean initially I wanted to be a, a writer um and then I decided to start drawing my own stuff because I couldn't afford to hire an artist and then and then I started wanting to be an artist because I and then and now I don't know which one I consider myself anymore hey you're just a comics artist then right the creator just a creator that's pretty awesome yeah so when you have uh you when you have an inked page you turned it over to 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 paul to to color um you you have boards are you actually um are you sending is he close enough that you're giving him boards or are you giving him scans Oh, I have a Epson 7710 11 12 by 18 flatbed scanner. So I just, I just Tell scan. <laughs> Actually, it only scans to 300 DPI. So I have to, oh. I have to sharpen the, uh, I have to sharpen it in Illustrator before I send it over, which is a little, <laughs> it's an annoying step. I think I would, I would get it again because it's really awesome being able to print at 11 by 17, but yeah. I probably will opt for a dedicated flatbed scanner at some point for my scan. Yeah, I'm still using like a nine by 12 and then just like flipping the page and then like aligning it in Photoshop and stuff. But I can totally. scan it like 600 DPI, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. The 300 DPI kind of is kind of annoying, but it's, it's fine for ink as long as I can I tighten it up in Illustrator and make everything yeah. lossless. And that helps a lot because Illustrator, I can set it to 600 DPI when I send it to him. Yeah, camera raw filter in Photoshop's really nice for that too. Like to get everything really nice and sharp. I used to do that when I would use Illustrator for like the final inks and things like that. And that mm. was, um, yeah, like put it in Photoshop with the camera raw filters so that you have those nice black and whites. And then when you did like the, uh, what's it in Illustrator, like photo scan or like photo um, convert or something like that. I mm. can't remember what it's called, but it's like uh where converts everything to vector and oh. um yeah that's that's an invaluable tool and it's kind of digital process as well that's really cool totally and sometimes i draw on my tablet but i'm, I'm uh, i just have like a cheap uh fire hd10 that is fine for like goofing around, but uh, I don't think there's enough line variation for me to be happy trying to like sell anything I draw with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand that. It's interesting you talked about Sean Phillips because I was listening to an uh, interview with him recently and he, for like the last, like better half of like the, tw the 20 teens, he mm -hmm. was all digital mm -hmm. and um, recently has switched back to like only penciling digitally and now inking traditionally again. Because of basically because of the line variation that you were talking about, but also because like he could get lost down the road of trying to get the exact line variation that he wanted. Oh um, yeah, digitally. 
yeah with digital there's a lot of temptation to just like line undo line undo line yeah. undo and then you realize you've done the same line 20 times um digital is really nice if i'm trying because I, I do sometimes do digital pencils especially if i'm trying to like um, draw an actual place because i can get you know get a lot of reference photos or if it's nearby i'll drive there and take pictures and then i can you know like mock up a simplified version using picture using reference photos to uh which is what brian hitch did with new york for the ultimate um okay. he because he, he wanted a really gritty lived in world and so he actually with the ultimate he walked around new york city and took hundreds of pictures and then actually superimposed them into his backgrounds not a lot of people type. not enough people talk about how awesome his art is in that book mm -hmm. like, that ultimate is, is such a cool looking book from mm -hmm. start to finish the first two volumes you know um mm -hmm. which i think is sort of like the only two that anyone cares about so you know it's like yeah ultimate three got weird yeah um but like uh yeah hitch is brilliant is, is hitch from the uk or is he american you know i don't know i think he's from the uk okay I, I think that i think that's the case yeah he seems like that like part of that british invasion Mm -hmm. artists yeah um sorry to get off topic but like it's <laughs> it's always cool to talk comics with other people who are who know the whole like you know the whole process of it all you know mm -hmm. yeah so this issue one has a uh cover from uh winston uh gambro how did how did you uh link up with him uh winston is a uh just a friend of mine off of twitter i um each of the issues I'm trying to bring on a unpublished or like less, you know, like not a professional, Winston's a professional. I'm not calling him not a professional, but, uh, but uh, you know, like a unpublished artist to help people get a little bit of work out there and stuff like that. Um, and Winston is currently also draw, writing and drawing. I wrote it down. So I'm looking at my phone. Uh, He's writing and drawing a webtoon that's on webtoon called Gumshoe City, a comedy webtoon about a city where every resident is a detective, which means that when the mystery appears, a few toes will be stepped on, some fingers will be pointed, and eventually someone ends up dead. Sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds awesome. You wrote that yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. That's cool. Uh, um, so what about Paul? How did, how did you how did you link up with Paul? Um, it's uh, Peter Paul Smith. And what we... We actually, I, w I drew four pages for a anthology last um, June, I want to say, maybe May, um, called Containment Breach, put out by Fugitive Poems. And um, he wrote, or he, he wrote one of the other stories. Okay. <laughs> he didn't write the one I worked on, but we, the, everybody who worked on that anthology all kind of became pretty good friends in the making of that anthology. And um he has a book called Tales of Zero that actually just launched today. Um, and that's also drawn by my good friend, Matt J. Queen, who's a fellow Seattle fella. And uh, he drew my profile picture, actually, <laughs> on Twitter. Nice. nice. We'll, we'll make sure that we link those uh, Kickstarters in the, in the show notes as well. Sure. Thank you. Um, so you also handle the lettering chores here. And a lot of times when we have people on that are the letterer, um, you know, we, we talked about your scripts, um, but when you, you know, I don't know if you sort of doing dialogue there, but when you 
you know, maybe you're dialoguing it um, in a script form, but then when you see it on the page and you're putting the balloons there, do you, do you use that uh, opportunity to uh, edit it or say, you know, this balloon, I don't really need to say this much because I'm actually showing some of this in, in the art. Are you, are you changing things up at that stage? Yeah, definitely. Um, I probably rewrite at least 60% of the dialogue as I put it down. Even sometimes something like, I don't have room for this balloon. <laughs> like, oh, I wrote too much here. I'm running out of space. Okay, cool. Um, I can shorten this. I can, I can condense this statement or maybe move, move a line of dialogue to another panel um, and it still works. Um, and then I, but uh, I also wanted to mention Jed McPherson he has given me a lot of help on lettering. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a he's a much better letterer than me and basically he's, he's giving me critiques on every page <laughs> well that that's that's good to help um so what are you using to to do the lettering oh i, I letter in illustrator just, okay uh, yeah it's and i mostly use blambot font and whatnot just whatever i can find <laughs> we seem it's to find valuable. that that's the, the case for for a lot of folks yeah mm-hmm. And it's good that you have Jed looking at it because, uh, you know, this is something that we talk about a lot on this is that, uh, uh, you know, you don't notice the lettering unless it's done wrong, like, or it makes mm-hmm. it confusing totally. to, to read the panel. So it's good. You know, you live with this story so much in that, you know, it's your idea, it's your pencils, it's your art. So you, you know, you might be looking at that panel and you actually kind of, living with it so much you know what you want to say or you know what the people should be saying which Mm. to somebody who's who's reading it that doesn't live with that story doesn't actually kind of get all of that so to have that second set of eyes is is uh very valuable yeah well this is probably i want to say the fourth story i've lettered and the first two i was not happy with and i'd say by the third one i was starting to kind of hit my stride on lettering a little bit but um yeah, it's just, it's good. Definitely, like you said, it's good to have a second pair of eyes and knows a little bit more and it's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jed letters all his own stuff. So he's he's very nice about walking me through stuff. <laughs> and do you me how to hit certain effects. <laughs> and, and do you feel that sort of being a lifelong like comics reader sort of makes it like a little bit sick? I, I know that you have the the second set of eyes, but do you feel like at that first pass, it's almost a little bit of like second nature, you know, just mm-hmm. reading so many comics um, over time? Yeah, no, I, I definitely um, like I my balloon placement and flow is usually really good. What um, where I usually have issues is making the balloons big enough because I try and make them a little tighter. Um, but you know, you just try and have like one letter's worth of space on all sides, and then you smush the sides and the tops down a little bit. Sorry, I guess on my eye. <laughs> and um, so those are just little things I've had to pick up on the way. But in general, like I, I know how to make dialogue flow, and I know how to put stuff where I want it. It's just like little fine tuning things mostly. Very cool. So I'm looking and it says that this is your first uh, created uh, Kickstarter. Um, yeah, I guess maybe as a solo creator, I don't know if any of those anthology projects you work with were crowdfunded. Um, um, no, the last anthology I worked on was, um, was privately, well, it wasn't privately funded. I don't, 
yeah, it was privately funded. That's what I want to how I want to say it. Um, and then the um, after that, I contributed to Project Starless Daydream, which was on Kickstarter, but wasn't run by me. Um, but yeah, this is my first time running a Kickstarter yet. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so another sort of question we have for for people who are in the midst of running a Kickstarter. Um, how are you keeping your sanity? Are you refreshing the page every every 30 seconds to see uh, backer counts and, and funding counts? Um, no, I'm not. I just basically, I promote as much as I can and, um, you know, just share that a few times a day. I, I don't really get too stressed about backer counts. I figure if the backers come, they'll come. I, I mean, I probably, I do check like once a day probably. That's but good. I still I work full time during the day and stuff. So I. <laughs> you win the award for the most chill Kickstarter. Yeah, you you got it. a you got a much better uh, resolve than I do because I'm 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 hitting refresh on my on my phone all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, that's that's uh, I, I'm really like. I think on our next Kickstarter, we're going to have to call you up and just sort of like catch your like chill vibrations with the Kickstarter and just be like, yeah, you know, the well, backers will come if the backers will come. Like, yeah. really wish I could tell myself that, you know? Yeah. Well, since I am writing, drawing, writing, drawing and lettering it, the, act the um, upfront costs aren't super high. I already I've already paid the other two guys and so i'm kind of of a mindset where like worst case scenario like doomsday if the kickstarter fails at that point i'll have enough of it funded already privately that i'll just pay and <laughs> just sell it <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's like the kickstarter would be the easiest way to do it and so that's why i'm doing the kickstarter <laughs> but it's like hey, it'll be fine still dude <laughs> the book's getting made no matter what yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I like that. Yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah. So you you mentioned that you're you're doing things to sort of promote the book, um, but you know you you have so many hands in the, the you know the the creation of the book. Are you sort of dividing up your day to sort of be like I'm in create mode here, I'm I'm drawing, and then you know for a certain amount of hours a day I'm going to check Facebook, I'm going to post in different groups, I'm going to tweet like. Uh, are you sort of trying to structure your day? I am so much less organized than that. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I draw when I get time. I uh, I share the link a couple times a day. Drop you know some art teases or some script teases or whatever once or twice. Um, you know, uh, every so often I'll tag a creator like like tagged Ed Brisson the other day. He didn't answer, but. <laughs> And uh, I guess maybe kind of related to that, do you do you do like uh, when you have a page, do you or do you do like a couple pages of pencils, a couple pages of inks, or do you do you do like one page pencil inks, next page pencil inks? Like how how do you do that, or do you sort of like I'm in the mood to ink, so now I'm going to ink some pages? Like how how do you handle that? Yeah, that's a, um, basically, I kind of have to be in the right mindset to pencil. So I don't always, uh, I don't always feel like penciling, like if I have a hard day at work or whatever, but I feel like inking, not to talk down to inkers at all, because inkers are amazing, but uh, I feel like inking feels more like coasting in a lot of ways, especially since it's something I've already drawn. Um, so currently I have through page 
15 penciled of when you're hunted you run number one but i only have through page 11 inked um and i kind of i kind of ink them as i as i have time whereas i pencil like when i have like time to concentrate mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i i've had similar things where depending on how sort of rough the day has been i used to like to do this thing where i would like to to draw like one mm -hmm. thing a day and some days i was just so spent that i'm like all right i can't create from scratch but i'm going to go find somebody's pencils online and ink those and it's sort of it's sort of relaxing to sort of, mm -hmm. you know, have that sort of laid out and just, you know, play around with it and stuff like that. So I could see where the, the, the act of sort of building the page through the pencils is a little bit more sort of uh, stressful. And if you don't sort of have that in you right there, it might be the time to, to, to move to, to the inking. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, um, last night I drew, Superman well I painted Superman but um yeah I was like really happy and I was really jamming with my pencil work and stuff like that and I think it came out really good but like yeah today I was trying to draw or I was going to paint Dracula and I just wasn't happy with it and I'm like I'm gonna come back to this tomorrow because <laughs> because if I start getting frustrated then it starts going downhill and I start erasing too much and then the paper starts getting torn up on when it's watercolor paper and it's like yeah <laughs> yeah over exactly. there right now taunting me <laughs> yeah i like waking up in the morning to seeing like a pencil page on my drawing board because mm -hmm. that's sort of like finding the motivation to start drawing usually takes a long time for me mm -hmm. so but like inking and coloring don't take any motivation for me like that though like you said that's sort of the relaxing part of it all mm -hmm. like it, it are, are those things but like penciling is like the really daunting thing you know it's mm. like everybody says it's like the, the blank page is really intimidating mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah i totally get that well in coloring like traditional coloring with markers just feels so extremely tedious to me which is why <laughs> i tend to paint because <laughs> uh -huh. i can i can paint a page faster than i can color it with markers i mean i have like a full set of copics but i, I don't know if i used them recently <laughs> Matt and I know a guy named Travis and um, I've watched him draw with like color with Copics and it's like how it takes how long it takes me to do something with watercolors like he's mm -hmm. like a master with them where he can do like things in like super fast while I'm still on like my first layer of watercolor that kind of thing <laughs> like it's it's totally. uh, I I've seen people who can do stuff really great with with markers but like I think I just work slow no matter what I do. So it's, uh, but like, uh, so I always admire people who can work fast in any medium. Well, generally I draw pretty fast, like um, a pencil page I might do in about 40, 45 minutes and then wow. about, an, about an hour to ink. But um, yeah, markers, I feel like I can spend like two and a half hours on a page. <laughs> so longer <laughs> than it took me to pencil and ink it. So that's why I hired up colors for this one very cool so this is uh this is issue one um have you sort of outlined a schedule um for like what you would want to do like maybe like when you want to sort of come back to crowdfunding for for issue two um because you know we've talked to a lot of folks and it seems like if you're an independent creator it's sort of 
at best you can kind of hope for like a like a quarterly cycle it's like a month to make it a month to run the kickstarter and a month to sort of fulfill the kickstarter but but what are you thinking as far as your schedule well as it is right now i am really pushing hard to have the book like if the kickstarter get um succeeds um the day the kickstarter funding comes through i'm ready to send it to the printer um i well, since I'm doing all the writing and drawing and lettering and everybody's kind of working uh, up front, that's why I was saying by the time the Kickstarter's done, everybody will be like done. The book, mm-hmm. the book is, I'm shooting to have the book done by March 30th, which is when the Kickstarter is out. So regardless of whether the Kickstarter is funded or not. Um, so I'm hoping to maybe, and this is a tentative hope, to be maybe be able to get issue two kickstarter the the kickstarter for issue two launched two months after that so Mm -hmm. that would be early or late june um and then hopefully have the books in people's hands every two months for the four issues but that might be a little ambitious just yeah (laughs) Well, you know, it's good to it's good to be ambitious, and it sounds like you you have ambition with sort of uh, you're sort of balancing it out with sort of realistic sort of like you know I can kind of do this, but you know I'm pushing it here, but I, I know that I'm pushing it, but I'm not pushing it too too much. Uh, do you know the? I know that you've done some other books in the past and some one shots. Do you know? Um, you don't have to say, but do you know who you're going to use to print it? Because I know a, a, a big pitfall people have when they make a comic is they get to the point where they send it to the printer and the printer's like, Oh no, I need the, I need the file set like this. And I need the margin set like this. So like, uh, have you had experience like that? That's going to help you here. Um, I forget who I'm using, but it's somebody who came highly recommended by a, by a friend who's used them in the past. Cool. Um, and then, yeah. So I think it's going to be fine in that regard. Um, <laughs> Well, it sounds like you have a pretty uh, a pretty good knowledge base when you and Noah were talking about sort of the, the DPI and the, and the setting of uh, things. Because oh, yeah. usually, and Noah can attest to this, I, I send files off to the printer and then I'm like, Noah, what is he talking about here? And Noah's like, don't worry uh-huh. about it. I'll, I'm going to take care of that. So, Oh, yeah, no, you need a 600 DPI, one inch of bleed on the top and bottom and a half inch of bleed on the, on the left and right for any page to be printed or to be sent to print. Add full size, not at mm-hmm. print size. So it'll be a quarter inch and a half inch when the printed book. Yeah, awesome. I've been loving. I like I, that stuff. Is that's also like another thing that's really relaxing to me. Like coasting, it can mm-hmm. get tedious, obviously, when things just don't work. So like, I, I can only say like, don't ever try to print on demand with Amazon because they're <laughs> very crappy and like very picky about stuff. That's but like enough. with we've used uh kablam and is that is that all we've used ever matt is, is that is that you're done with me is kablam um like what was dino thrashers through i guess dino thrashers was comics impressions comics impressions and kablam they're really great and like getting things to work for them has been no problem um comics impressions might be who i'm using i'm looking yeah we did an anthology a couple of years ago now almost no, two years ago, I guess. And whoever they used sucked. That's all I can say. Like it was, uh, mm-hmm. 
I tried to get the files to where they wanted them to be, but it's still printed crappy. Oh yeah, the Kablam. That's what he wants. That's what my friend recommended. Kablam. I couldn't is remember good. the name off the top of my head. <laughs> Kablam yeah. is good. They'll, they'll they'll like they they're they're very specific about what needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. um, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and they're one of the you know we've had experience with them in the past, and it's all if you have somebody that's good at communicating back to you, like uh, you know that's that's really helpful. But again, it sounds like from your sort of technical talk that you'll probably be on top of things. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So you know this is a sort of a, a, you know a crime action adventure story. Um, are there any other sort of stories that you would like to tell, um, you know, after you're done with, with this series? I think I haven't decided fully yet because, you know, I'm talking like the next eight months or whatever, but, uh, I think my next story is probably going to be a fully painted Western. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to paint a Western for a while. And well, I painted a Western short for Jed back in September or August, October, November, which, uh, somewhere online, uh, <laughs> but it was a four page story that I painted. Um, but it was funny because I, I painted some, uh, practice, like practice paintings where I was like painting like this open prairie and stuff like that and all this stuff. And then the whole story was set at night. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably spent, I remember cause I was, I was trying to get the, uh, the landscape in watercolor and I was moving too fast and I kept having the colors bleed into each other. And um, so I did it in gouache and the gouache painting came out really good actually. Cause the colors were able to stay more separate. And, um, but uh yeah, so I, I did all this prep to get to get like a really good prairie and then wasn't able to use it because it was all dark. It was just all yeah, around the campfire. Which is fine. It was a good story. But uh yeah. yeah, it was just a bunch of unnecessary prep. So I'm like, I'm not letting that go to waste. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Plus I've been watching a lot of westerns lately. <laughs> do you do you do oh, I'm sorry. comforting? I'm sorry, it's comforting to go back to a lawless time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well they're just basically crime they're just crime stories with a different background true yeah. <laughs> yeah was there anything you were listening to or watching while while you were making making this book uh in particularly or in particular not necessarily um today i was thinking listening to grand funk railroad for no good reason but uh <laughs> I tried to think um, of the Simpsons reference. I can't remember what he talks about. Like, you don't like Grand Funk? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what Homer says. <laughs> it was really good. But yeah. like yesterday, I was listening to REM. The day before that, I was listening to Violent Femmes. You know, it's like there's no rhyme or reason to it. Mm -hmm. I, I listen to David Bowie a lot while I'm drawing. <laughs> right on. Nice. Yeah. Man, we need to hang out. <laughs> I would totally do a drawing session listening to David Bowie. All right, we'll we'll make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Sounds good. All right. Well, John, I had a lot of fun talking to you uh, about this and just looking at the the art, and it was really great to talk to somebody that has their hands in so many aspects of of comic making. So we we got a really good deep dive into the, to the construction of comics. Um, but yeah. as we finish up here. Um, Tell folks where they can find you online and do that uh, one last uh, elevator pitch for this Kickstarter. I'll try to make this one a little tighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So you can find me on Twitter at John Batusi Jack. You can find me on Instagram at John Jack Makes Comics. And then I am John Jack on Facebook. Um, there's a Facebook page, The Comic Art of John Jack, which you'll probably have an easier time finding me at because there's a lot of people named John Jack on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, and then Kickstarter ends March 30th. Uh, check it out. Um, and when you're hunted, you run is a, or when you're hunted, you run number one is the first in a four issue ser- crime series that asks a simple question What do you do when you're hunted? <laughs> Very nice. So, Noah, do you have uh, anything before we close up? No. Awesome. Well, uh, John, um, maybe we can uh, have you back in the future, uh, you sure. know, issue two, issue three, or even when, when the Western story comes, we'd like to check back Sounds in awesome. with you and see how things are going. Yeah. I like cool. that. Awesome. <laughs> so for anybody listening, if you give us a rating, a review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also, uh, please check out Paranormal Hitman from Behemoth Comics. Um, I'm editing those books and I have short stories and issues two three and four um so uh links to john's stuff and to our stuff uh in the uh in the show notes here uh, thanks for thanks for listening please be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics <laughs>